Okay, hi folks. Uh, this is Garrett Monroe. Uh, I'm with Brad Goodner today. Great to be here, Garrett. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. We're down in the podcast studio here in the lower level of KC. It's a new space here at Hiram College. Uh, we're super excited to be talking about podcasting and what's going on with the new liberal arts across the, the schools, um, inside the classrooms, outside the classrooms. Brad has been doing this for a couple semesters now. Correct. And your, your, one of your podcasts, the Genomics Revolution podcast, was recently published to uh, iTunes. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I uh, started it last year uh, in the genetics course as a way to try to give students a different way of learning. Uh, so I tried to do some short three- to five-minute um, podcasts on just some of the topics we were covering and go a little bit more in-depth, maybe approach it from a different angle. And I got some good feedback from several students who said uh, this was a, a way that they could learn you know, using a different modality that seemed to help them. Uh, and this year I expanded on that, and I, I got to thinking, well, I really enjoy doing it. I'm betting students would too, and I thought the more I thought about it, the more I thought this is a way to try to get students to, to really bring some of their own personal creativity into it, to have some fun with it, because science should be fun as well, uh, and to try to think about how do you communicate with other people, and that that really takes some thought. And if you want them to be passionate about it, you need to be passionate about it. So. Yeah, um, I, I, and I've just I've sort of been on the sidelines, kind of watching and listening um, to some of the episodes you published, and they're really fun. Uh, you had one that had some Princess Bride references. That's right. That's it right. really personalizes the content, right. and I love how you um, scaffold things and kind of mm -hmm. stair step things for students, where you produce some podcasts as sort of instructional content, like right. kind of a flip lesson, and then you invite them onto the to produce their own podcast episode. Right. Exactly. So. So I, I've, I've learned over the years that the, the best way for me to, if I really want my students to sort of step up to the next level, is to model that for them. And quite often what I'll do is I'll say, everything I'm going to ask of you, I'm going to ask of myself as well. And so when I came up with this assignment about the podcast, I said, okay, so let me show you what I mean by a podcast that's short and effective, gets to the points, but also is creative and hopefully fun. And so I, and so I showed them that in two ways. One, the actual audio that they hear, but then they also saw how I scripted it out and they can see what percentage of that is written out and what parts do I just ad lib at some point because something comes across to me as funny or something is quite interesting and I ad lib of one or two sentences because of something that came to mind that I thought was interesting. And so my hope is between the two, every student then kind of gets a feel for how do they personally kind of make this their own. Yeah. And what I've seen over the over the episodes that the students have produced is you get some students who kind of really found their voice. And in some cases, yeah. a quiet student really speaks up and talks about something in a very passionate way. And another student who I had no reason to believe that they wouldn't bring their passion also shows more maybe their analytical side or something mm. like that as they're doing the piece. Well, I just love how it, it, it as you say, it, it blends sort of the technical and academic content with with being able to communicate with people and connect with it on a personal level. It kind of makes it more human. Uh, it's a very kind of 21st century mindset or skill set to be able to produce a podcast and communicate to a lay audience uh, kind of complex ideas. You got it. Uh, and, and, you know, podcasting is something that our students get. Right. It's most of them, I think yeah. they many of them listen to a podcast or two, not all of them, but they but they generally get the idea. It's sort of a it's a thing they can grab onto and understand right. even some even maybe more so than something like a journal uh, or the kind of academic 
things we, we throw at them oftentimes as freshmen or underclassmen, and they're kind of like, what, what does this actually mean? Yeah. How does it work? But when you say, hey, I'm doing a podcast, right. they're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. And yeah. kind of just giving them that extra support of watch me do it, engage with it, and now it's your turn to participate. Yeah. Um, it seems to me like, and so has your experience, it seems like it's been successful. Is, you think I, would, that, I, would say, I would say massively so. I, I think from, from both the standpoint of, for me as a teaching tool, um, I think I look at, 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 at different sort of areas of, of what I'm trying to get across in class differently now, and I sort of see what parts lend themselves to a podcast format and which ones that's just not the right format in which to try to get across something, either due to the level of technical detail there is or it's just it's, it's not really – it's not going to be as relatable in a way that, that you want a podcast to be. Um, it's going to get too much in the weeds or something like that. Uh, but also, I think that the thing about a podcast is it's it's really in many ways kind of a modern day version of like a diary or, mm. or other ways in which or, or the doodle book that people yes. have and they just write down ideas. Right. And I think now students are the moment all of them have grown up with, if not an iPhone in their hand, an iPod or some sort of little music devices, they're used to listening to short snippets of music and other things. And so just, you know, short snippets of the human voice talking about something oh, yeah. that matters I think it comes natural to them, and so I think it's a it's a it's a natural play on what they're already used to. Mm. And you know, many of my colleagues here, you know, talk a lot about uh, we need to meet our students where they are mm. and and try to help them by by engaging them on, on platforms that they already know. And I think this is a perfect example of that. And it's really not that too far afield from what we do. I think it's just being willing to try something out, tweak it, make it your own. And, you know, I, I look around and see a lot of my colleagues who I, I know when I when I talk to them one on one, they're funny, they're, mm. they, you know, they're insightful, they're they're interdisciplinary. They, you know, they're well known for one thing, but they they read other stuff. They talk about other stuff. And I just think the podcast is one of those places. You know, you brought up the the Princess Bride references I made in, in, in one of my podcast episodes. It doesn't episodes. mean what you think it means. Exactly. You keep on using that word. <laughs> that's right. It does not mean what you think it means. And the more I thought about that, it's like, but that's the best way to say what the episode's about, right? Mm. And so that ability to bring something else in that student, and you know, and I've had students go talk to me afterwards and they'll say, oh, I didn't even know there was a movie called The Princess Bride, which is, <laughs> brings up its own conversation. Like, how could you, how yeah. could you have lived and not, and not seen that? Yeah. Uh, Get but, that in the core. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I just think it gives us a whole other way of talking with students and engaging with them. And I really think if people are willing to give it a mm. shot, they're going to find out that it has a lot more play yeah. in, in a course than they think it does. Well, I um, I want to talk technically about how you led students to yeah. produce these. and But I wanted to just for a second kind of hang on some of the stuff you had just mentioned about um, having it humanize the professors or mm -hmm. instructors. And it, it what I've seen, and, and I've produced a podcast here as well. I was co-teaching a course. Uh, Dr. Gemma Crichton and I did a mm -hmm. podcast, an instructional podcast. And it was a little different than one you do where you're kind of doing a monologue. Right. And you do that monologue as you say with sort of this personalization and you, you humanize it and you 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 um it's a different sort of um approach than the lecture content yeah, right. and the way you, you are in, in classroom um and i think that that's really important and and there but there's many ways of doing a podcast and so if you've got just the monologue that's you can do a lot there and then also uh, you can also have, you know, if you utilize the studio, right. you could do interviews, you could do sort of the banter style mm -hmm. conversations that we've seen as well. And what I found was interesting with Jen, which I wasn't, we weren't planning for, we didn't expect was 
we had so much to talk. There was such there was a dialogue about the content that the course was about. Us as sort of curious expert, right? We're mm-hmm. both really interested right. in the topic of how to integrate technology into, into right. learning spaces. That's what the course is about. And so what I thought was cool and what students reflected on was we had never heard adults talk. Like we'd never heard people, you know, two academics talking about this content at that level. Yep. And so it was, a, it, was a, it was something that, um, a kind of conversation that I don't think Jen and I would have done in the classroom either. Right. You know, just the way we set up the course was we would take turns kind of leading mm-hmm. lecture. There would sometimes, or we would take turns kind of circulating and doing group work right. or doing conferencing. But we were never like at the front of the classroom doing banter okay. on the academic topics, but we could do that with a podcast. Sure. And so it, it really created a new space and a new vibe, I think, sure. for students to, to, to hear. That was one thing I, that I was surprised with the, the medium mm-hmm. um, and delighted with. And, I, and a lot of students in, in the evaluation said the same thing. Yeah, My I other- can pick up on that before we move on. Is that I think that what you just hit upon provides us with a, something that Hiram is well known for, which is interdisciplinarity. But we always fight this battle of, okay, how many team-taught interdisciplinaries can we afford to have, just in terms of the number of people you have, right? And the other courses you got to have taught. But if you think about this podcasting as this this really interesting way to do some add-ons that don't cost you a lot in terms of time and effort, then you can really get the best of both worlds. Even when you can't have a lot of team-taught full interdisciplinary courses, doesn't mean you can't use the podcast as a way of having, as you said, that intellectual banter that brings out to students what it really means to be part of a profession um, and to be intellectually curious, even if it's not your area of expertise. And I think that if we were if we were honest with each other, we do this all the time sitting around, whether we're having lunch Mm. or you know, or over our favorite beverage at the end of the week, whatever. But we we'd like to talk about the things that we care about. And they don't not they're not necessarily always in our wheelhouse of what we were academically trained in, but we want to talk about it. And I think that that podcasting, I think, can give us some of that such that we can enrich any course without having to say, oh, but I took away from teaching this course that I always need to teach in order to get this one chance to do a team taught interdisciplinary when maybe I can have the both the the best of both worlds. Mm. Something to think about. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and it's it's just thinking about tech and track and the campus program. Everybody has the iPad Pro. Yeah. Uh, so the ability to do it anywhere on your own terms and and utilize GarageBand. Yep. Just simply the best. And um, you know, I'm I'm not a uh, I, I'm not a, a dyed in the wood Apple guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say that the iPad Pro is simply best in class tablet, and yep. GarageBand is dynamite, and it's easy yep. to pick up. Um, you know, if you're interested in, if you, if you want to learn how to do it, we have a ton of resources here on campus right, and, you, exactly. and you're not sure where to start. So come and reach out to us and learning technologies over in the library. Um, and we'd be happy to sit down and, and work with you on, on GarageBand. So, so the other, the other piece of, you know, what we're equipping people with to, to really get off the ground with at Hiram, besides the iPad Pro and the sort of technical support here is, um, the space as well. So mm-hmm. the, the podcast studio, yep. Uh, here is another um, piece of the puzzle. You wouldn't have to always do it on an iPad, although that's cool. You could right. you could mix and match with sitting down and having guests or doing interviews um, and utilizing this space. And I, and I and it is a fun space that kind of inspires conversation yep. uh, in a way that you know you might not get just kind of out in the field w- with the iPad. Uh, 
Yeah. The other thing I want to, um, you know, while while we've got uh, while we're talking to the tin can is uh, I want to sh- I want to share with folks is, um, and uh, something you you had offered the other day, which was you know if 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 any any other faculty here want to get started with and they're not sure where to start, and I'm speaking for you, uh, yeah, But you, you said you know you'd be happy to. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, one just come over here and we can interview each other, and just take turns seeing how it works. And, then, you know, I, I did a short uh, interview with uh, Sandy Madar the other day about the kind of the birth of the biomedical humanities major, uh, thinking about it from a school of health and medical humanities perspective. But, you know, quite honestly, just curious for myself, because that started about five or six years before I got to hire him. And uh, so hearing that story and trying to get a sense of where it came from was fascinating. But at the same time, that was a teachable moment. I could also turn around and I could have shown, if Sandy had the time, she needed to run to another meeting, but I could have shown her how I took that. I had to do some editing. There were a couple of times when my, where my mic may have cut out a little bit, and so my question wasn't quite as audible as I like for it. And I went back in, re-recorded that, and was able to then, using GarageBand, you're absolutely right, very easy to learn. I was able to, to go in, do some editing, cut and paste, and it's, it was just as if we had re-recorded it one time only, got it spot on the right time. So just a lot of capabilities, and uh, as, you're, as you say, whether it be in the studio or with your iPad out just walking around, yeah. I, think, I think we need to be more cognizant of the moment mm. that certain moments happen, and you, it's, uh, later on you go, man, I wish I'd have, I would have caught that on tape. And it's like, well, we have the ability to now do that. And I'll give you a good example of that. I was traveling with the women's volleyball team last fall to the conference championship. We made it through the tournament. We pulled off a couple of big upsets, and we were playing for the, for, the, for the conference tournament championship. And right before the game, I looked up in the stands, and sitting there was Ellen Dempsey, our, our current athletic director. But Ellen and I came in together in 2001. Yeah. And she was our head women's volleyball coach at the time, had a phenomenal career here, led several teams to conference titles, both regular season tournament, go on to the NCAA tournament. And I just I grabbed my iPad, I ran up to her, and I said, Ellen, crazy idea. I just want to ask you, what do you what 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 comes to mind? You're you're not on you're not sitting down at the bench now. You're sitting up in the stands watching a, your team play now again. Been several years since we played for the conference tournament championship. What's it feel like? And so I just did a little quick one minute interview, and I was just thinking that's the kind of power that what we have now with Tech and Track gives us is that ability to capture moments that allow us to maybe used for a class, but maybe used for recruiting. Yeah. Maybe used for athletics to talk about the history of what, you know, different a particular sport has done, right? Capturing those moments and and and, and we do, and we now have a technology that's mobile enough yep. and it's got capacity that we can really pull it off. Right. Yeah. And for a biologist, that means I can carry that into the field. And if I'm setting Late at night with somebody and they're, you know, they're capturing bats in a mist net or whatever. You can't, you know, we could still whisper into our iPad, you know, and talk about how crazy yeah. it is that we're freezing our butts off out by a mist net trying to catch these bats, right? So I just think there's all kinds of cool things we can do. But the podcast studio, I'm a big, really big proponent of this. I, I'm already imagining some ways I could have students. Uh, we, we think about like discussion threads in Moodle and having students discuss a topic but then it's all typing it out, and you lose some of that yep. passion and other yep. things. But I think having students have an assignment where they, they have to talk with each other about a topic, yeah. and everybody has to contribute. And the beauty of it is you hear everybody's voice, yes. so you can know if they participate, but you also catch that, did they, did they, really, did they really mean, what, mean mm. what they say, or was yeah. it just kind of going through the motions? And I think something like the podcast studio allows you to do that in a really cool way. 
Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely an authentic assessment. It's impossible to cheat. You know? Exactly, you got and, it. And it, enge- it widens the circle for people who may not be excited about traditional assessment methods. Um, maybe, you know, they'll yeah. get there. Yeah, They have exactly. to get there, but especially yeah. for, you know, folks who... You know, they might just light up at the at the ability to use their own voice and and so on. But but I wanted to circle back the way you describe some of these things, um, kind of taps into an idea I've been trying to spread, which is digital reflection, mm. and uh, how can we use the technology to in, in enhance and enable um, reflection, reflective thinking, right. and move beyond just sort of journaling and diarying, right. Right. but do it in other modalities. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we do it also as a community or as, as a dyad and, and what you describe in, you know, I think also taps into, and these are part and parcel mindful technology. Mm-hmm. So, Hey, we're, this is a moment yeah. where something interesting is happening. What happens? I mean, is it appropriate to turn on the, the mic or the video camera? That's a, not always, right, but exactly. being able to, you know, these are interesting sort of boundaries that mm-hmm. we need to be question. We need to be asking. Um, and then when is it appropriate and how does, and people have reflected on this elsewhere, when you turn on the camera or when you turn the microphone, it validates the conversation right. in a way. Right. And people start uh, un- understanding that they have more of a platform and they have more of an audience now. Right. They start speaking a little differently and right. thinking a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just the simple switch of just hitting the record button right. and being attentive, as you, as you described that moment yeah. with Alan, yeah. uh, is, is really exciting. Um, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I, it, it reminds me of when Dan Dodge was here. I don't know if you had a lot of time to interact I, I with him. I get to hear him a little bit. I wish I had heard more, but yeah. He, he talks about, he's this guy who goes out on these treks and he'll go out for weeks or months and he'll just be roughing it, you know, up in up in Alaska or in the Pacific Trail or the or the uh, Appalachian Trail. And he talked about his. He's one of these guys who t- who's not a luddite. He's not putting his head in the sand when it comes to technology. He loves photography in particular. Um, and so he talks a lot about you know how does he keep his gear under a certain weight and what kind of what's in his kit and what kind of works well. Um, but he he talks about how to get good photography, and it's not just taking a million mindless shots it's feeling a moment and being attuned so being aware of what's going on uh in, in nature and kind of with your own body and kind of how you're responding to things and in a sense he's describing being mindful and then ha- understanding when you're having a moment having the feeling and then getting the camera yeah you know yeah, and exactly. and and not kind of just i think about you know field trips or, or sort of mm. experiences that we try to design for our students where we ask them to go visit a park or we bring them out to a place and they're kind of on the scavenger hunt and it's like a checklist and they're going around and they're just like, oh, let me get the selfie or let me do the yeah. thing. And then it, they're so caught up in, in task achievement that they miss the, the really good stuff, right. which right. is being in the moment right. and appreciating and, uh, you know, getting into flow mm-hmm. or being observant or being aware to uh, whatever sort of phenomenon. So, yeah. yeah, no, just the way you describe it, I think really taps into some of those, those big ideas. Yeah. And to me, that's, that's the heart of what a place like Hiram's all about, right? I mean, it's about having those conversations. And I think what we're talking about here is just giving ourselves a couple more tools in our toolbox that allow us to, you know, in the right time, in the right place, use some technology to really enhance the experience. And to me, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're absolutely right. You're not going to use it all the time. And there are times when you want to experience the moment, and, and that's more important to you than capturing the moment. Mm. And but I, but I think there's also times when being able to capture a moment and then use it to share with others can be even more powerful. So you both experienced it, but that capturing of it 
becomes something even deeper. And so I look at it as why wouldn't I avail myself of other tools that allows me to help help me as a as a professional, you know, train the next generation to do yeah. them better because I'm giving them the, the best I can. So I love it, and I and I just uh, uh, really appreciate you coming in and, and sharing a little bit um, with what you've been up to, um, which is really vanguard. Uh, what would you, so can you've you've offered to share the white papers mm-hmm. that you've you've handed out as assignments, right. and I think the way you've organized these projects is is a is just a wonderful template. Um, but there's a lot of different ways that you know. Um, other faculty who are listening to this might imagine you know how it would best fit with their course. Uh, if it's you know producing their own instructional content, you know your 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 podcasts are like between t- about ten minutes, ten minutes at the max. I'd really like to be more. I'd like to be closer to five to seven. Sometimes it just takes a little longer, but I really think about it. if it's going to be if, it, if I'm thinking it's going to go more than ten, I really should split it in two and break and figure out where's the natural break and make it two different podcasts, right? Two different episodes. Uh, but I feel like that's the right amount of time. Because you can get across that key point or you can kind of put them in the right. A lot of what I do in my classes, we're talking about key experiments in the history of a part of science. And I want them to understand what the moment was like, right? So I try to give, to use the podcast to set up the history. What, what, what why, why, was, why was it these people doing the experiment? Why did they do it this way? And quite often I can do that in five to seven minutes. And then my hope is it, it puts it in a context that they get it. They get it. Why did they do the experiment this way? Maybe it was because of the what they had available as far as tools. Maybe it was, they were limited by their own thinking. Uh, maybe they were just a heck of a lot smarter than we are, and they already anticipated problems they could foresee that we might not see. Uh, but it gives them a context that I think allows them to get it, get out even more of it. And one of the things I come back to time and again in the sciences is, but they're human. And mm. all the things about being human come into play in the way they do their work. And, and I think the podcast is especially useful for that, bringing out that human element of how do humans respond to new information? How do humans see the world? How do humans try to figure out ways to understand the world? And uh, to me, that's where the real power is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, power, powerful stuff. I, and I, I like how you know your outcomes kind of go up and down in terms of how things were were designed uh, w- with this project. What what else can you tell us about how you led students to to produce these items? So this wasn't done in the studio. This was, was done on the on the it was iPad. Just done on their iPad. Um, I can easily see that for some of my students, the studio would be a, would have been a better place. I okay. think in terms of just volume control and some of the other things. Some of them also didn't have access to a quiet spot. Yeah. Maybe they were doing it in their dorm room or the best place they could do it, and there was some extraneous noise that didn't ruin it, but it would be nice to be a little pro- more professional. Um, I think the other thing about the way I had it set up is that I wanted them to see the podcast as both a standalone but also as a way of encouraging people to go deeper. So one of the things I asked the students to do in the in the script to the podcast mm. um, was to say, okay, if they if they really thought what I talked about was interesting, hey, here's some here's some references you could go look at, yeah. and you could go a little deeper, so that they really get a connection. Oh, what I was talking about, this is based off of actual published data. You can go look at that some of that for yourself, and and see if you agree with me that this is what it means, or you want to learn more. Hey, I never heard of that. I want to learn a bit, little bit more. So, again, another way for students to realize here's the power of all the different things we talk about. Why we why it's important to have that reference list, 
what that means to people. Uh, it's not just fact-checking you. Yeah. It's a way of inviting people to go deeper. And, and, and quite honestly, the moment one publishes some of your own work, you immediately have an appreciation of other people referencing oh, yeah. your work. Yeah. It's like, you know, somebody, you know, they see this two-page paper with three figures, and they're thinking, oh, well, that doesn't look like much work. And you're going, <laughs> dude, that was five years of my life, you know, whatever, <laughs> right? So I think there's a there's a sense of that, too, that yeah. I, I want them to appreciate that these, these folks put their blood, sweat, and tears into it. And and you're really paying honor to them right. by talking with some passion about what they did. So that, that yeah, I want all that to come out in what they do. Yeah, that's. I, I think it sounds like you really designed it in a way that that brings that out. Let's talk about publishing for a second, mm-hmm. and specifically how you published your podcast. And so again, you were kind of vanguard with this. You were first in through the breach, and yeah, um, that's right. You started out p- pushing to YouTube. I pushed to YouTube because that was the one place where I know I could store them. I didn't want them just sitting on my on my iPad. I wanted them out there where others could reach uh, could reach them, and I was trying to figure out kind of where would that be. And you know, and I was already listening to some podcasts, and I you know, so I knew that there must be places mm. you could stick them. Didn't really have a good clue of how to get make that happen. But YouTube was certainly something I knew a lot that young people go to. My own daughters do. So I was like, okay, I'll stick a a visual on it because YouTube requires that visual component. Oh, Can't yeah. just be the audio file. And, and I'll just stick it there. And, and that was great. Uh, but um, that, that's not exactly kind of how a true podcast works. And so, um, you know, when you were working with, our, you know, our new uh, web page designer and uh, Tom uh, Burkett uh, and, and found this transistor uh, app, the moment I saw it, it's like, man, this is just really straightforward. It's easy. I love the fact that I could have both a short way of introducing each one in a sentence or two to try to capture somebody, hey, this is an episode that sounds interesting, but then I could give them the full kind of liner notes Yes, for each episode, which I just basically put the whole script in there. And that way, if somebody wanted to look deeper, there it is right there. And um, I like the fact that I can I can make it episodic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really crucial. Uh, just a lot of a lot of options. Yeah. What, what I particularly love about getting it, <laughs> you know, I think YouTube is fun. And I think it's useful, and, and um, that's definitely an option. What's what's cool about you know, and speaking to uh, faculty who might be listening to this, we could help you produce and publish it however you'd like, right. and we could do one or we could do all of them. Right. Exactly. Uh, and and so YouTube is wonderful, as you say, because we can include a, a a visual component, and because it is in that space on YouTube, and right. so maybe that's how you want it to work. And the interfacing now, the embedding we have with YouTube and, and Moodle is quite good. Right. I really like how the new Moodle system um, embeds all YouTube right in the browser, right in the web space. It's really nice. attractive. Um, but with now the services that we have with publishing on the transistor, we can create your own account and we can set up. It's very automatic. It's very hands-off once we get it fired up. And you, you, you push your episode out there and it's a couple clicks and we can have you published on Spotify, exactly. Google Play, iTunes. And so the fact that you're now on iTunes right. is just awesome, and yeah. Spotify as well. And so now your students can subscribe, yep. and they can it can be automatically pushed down to their phone or their iPad, and they can have it on their commute. They can have it when they exercise, however they kind of choose to interface. And you couldn't do that with, with YouTube. Exactly, exactly. And so it just gives you, again, another, another way of communicating. And also what I think, from the student point of view, here they are, <coughs> and they're listening to you, and then I pops an episode with them yeah. as a guest host or a friend, and and that's I gotta believe that that connection just drives home the point even more about 
hey, I'm learning something, and I now I'm starting to become that expert I want to be, right? And I think also I, something I've learned over my 18 years at Hiram is the average student, not, not each student, but the average student at Hiram coming in as a freshman doesn't always give mm-hmm. themselves enough credit for what's, their po- what's possible from them. Yeah. But by the time they're a senior, they get it. And, I, and, that, and yeah. this is a great way to kind of accelerate that growth curve and to help them see themselves as being somebody, hey, I can do this. I enjoyed it. I put out a good product. Uh, you know, Dr. Goodner obviously thought it was good. He, he was willing to put me out there, put his name on it. Yeah. Um, and my hope is that that also just give. I, I mean, I had a tremendous response from students when I let them know that I'd done it. A lot of, I mean, I my Twitter account lit up with people <laughs> going, you know, all these, all my students, you know, going back on and, and liking it and other stuff. And so uh, that was awesome. And so I, I think there's just a lot of other values that I didn't anticipate that are out there. Yeah. And and you're absolutely right. It's it's once you get it set, the first one done, and you're in transistor. Man, adding on the next ones are just like it seems like it's two clicks and you're done. And and what's nice is you can have it set up and you can and you can go ahead and get it live out there and then you just keep adding as you're ready. Yeah. You don't have to have like I did thirty something episodes ready to go at one time. You get two or three ready and you can then just start on a regular basis, whatever basis you want, start adding more. Yeah. And um yeah. Couldn't ask for better than that. I mean, listen, you talk about it. I feel like you've cracked the code on how this stuff works in terms of teaching and learning. <laughs> well, I, I will agree with you that I, that's the way I see it because I've already started to think for the fall how in every one of my classes there's going to be something like this. Yeah. Because I really see the value. You know, I, in my medical microbiology class, which is mainly nursing students but other students interested in healthcare, I've always had them do a public service announcement kind of video. And those are fun, but I think the podcast is a whole other way of approaching that because some of them are a little reticent to be on film right sure. to be to be seen yeah they don't seem to be mind, mind to be heard yeah and so i think it opens up the door for some really interesting ways for these students to make a difference and you know we 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 very much are mindful here at Hiram of what we want our students to you know it's in our mission statement we want them to be ready to go out and face the urgent challenges of their times and i think these are ways from a service learning point of view, mm-hmm. right? I look at our ability of our students to start doing things that we can put out there that then benefit other people, other yeah. people on campus, other people in our local communities, who knows how far out. And so I really see this as a great way for a lot of different courses to start having their students take what they learn and now put it into a context where it can matter to other people too. So, I mean, powerful stuff. It's exciting stuff. I think it. hopefully it's going to spread. Um, I know some other folks are, are working out podcasts. Um, yeah, so anybody out there listening um, who's interested in in winding something up, either, either collaboratively or um, just kind of with, within your own space, let us know. We'd love to help. I know you've, you've offered to share um, the, the stuff you've put together and, and, and even spend some time working with folks if they're interested in that. And, of course, I would, I would love to um, also help um, – uh, shoot us an email. Um, any any other uh, parting words before we, we turn off the cans? Give it give it a go. Just give it a try yeah. and have some fun and kind of you know I don't have much hair but let your hair down a little bit you know <laughs> and uh, I just think you know because students respond yeah I mean students are like oh I couldn't believe you said that you know you you just made this joke in the middle of your podcast you know and I think it just opens up who you are to students. And, you know, and I think all of us have that side of us. And so just give it a shot. See what, see what happens. Yeah. I mean, uh, what I've seen with everybody who's done it is they've had a ton of fun. Absolutely. 
And I think that there are far, I think that the the technical obstacles quickly clear up. They're not nearly as bad as a lot of people anticipate. I would agree. I would agree. Absolutely. Wonderful. Okay. Well, thanks again for coming down and uh, we'll talk again soon, Brett. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we would have spent a little more time getting that mic to work.